is our number two of the John and Leah show. My name is John Ziegler. My co-host is Leah Brandon. Each week we get together, we talk about the news of the week, the events of our sometimes bizarre lives. And we do so in an entertaining, informative, and unique fashion. Later on in this hour, we will start our year in review. This being our last program for 2015. What a wild, wacky, crazy year it has been. Both uh, Leah and I will provide our top ten craziest stories of this uh, rather lousy year. It has uh, been. Um, as well as some general thoughts on the year that was 2015. But before we do that, I want to finish up with our um, weekly look at the race for the White House 2016, which has clearly been part of this crazy year of 2015. And I'm sure we'll obviously uh, continue uh, that nuttiness into 2016, especially with Donald Trump playing a major role. And let me just uh, share a, a few more thoughts on the Trump thing. I, I am fascinated, uh, Leah, that, that your reaction to Trey Gowdy, who you've been a huge mm-hmm. fan of, hit your reaction. And I don't, want, I don't need to get into the details of the endorsement uh, by Trey Gowdy of Marco Rubio. What I find interesting is here's somebody who you you, you have enormous amount of affection for. You've never said anything bad about. Uh, and and in your reaction is instead of making you reconsider Marco Rubio. By the way, I'm not suggesting that anybody should automatically go. Oh well, Trey Gowdy says vote for Marco Rubio, so I should vote for Marco Rubio. What I find amazing is you don't even consider it, and in fact, you have no. a blowback completely on Trey Gowdy. And right. he, and here's why you're wrong, and with all due respect, about Marco Rubio on immigration. People think. That Marco Rubio is weak on immigration because he was part of the Gang of Eight. I understand why that would make people think that that's relevant. And, you know, boy, he's a McCain guy on immigration. We know that that's as as bad as it gets for a Republican, right? Well, here's the problem, Leah. In, In 2013, there was a newly elected Democratic president by a rather large margin and Harry Reid ran the Senate. Now, under those conditions, you have almost no options as a Republican when it comes to getting immigration reform, which you campaigned on. The reality is, now you're not going to believe this, but it's the truth, if Marco Rubio ever became president, and I'm very pessimistic that that's likely to occur because I think even if he got the nomination, he's going to be so badly damaged that the Trump people and the Cruz people will stay home and Hillary would beat him anyway, even though he's got the best chance to beat Hillary on paper. And, by, you know, based on the head-to-head polls, consistently he beats her. He's the only one that does. But here's the reality. If he were to become president and had a – and Mitch McConnell as the Senate majority leader, as long as, as – and, you know, Paul Ryan's still Speaker of the House – his view of immigration and what is possible would be vastly different than it was in 2013. He's not going to cross the majority of his party on that issue when they're in power. He has no need to. Do you not do you not understand that? Do you not get that? Yeah, that's not what he's about, though. <laughs> it's just not. It's not. Based and on what? when he promised, he promised what two weeks ago or even a week ago once. The, you know, the numbers started coming out as far as immigration with this horrific omnibus bill that he was going to try to slow it down. Mm -hmm. 
He didn't even show up for the vote. Okay, well, look. You know what? I'm sorry. I don't believe him. That's fine. Okay, but then when Hillary gets elected, I'm going to say— Whatever. I I mean— Don't bitch when Hillary's the president. That's all. Whatever. He would do the same thing. I don't believe it. Based on what? What are you basing that on? Look, he has made many statements— about how many of these worker visas that he wants coming in here. He is all for foreign workers. Uh, Look, um, the reality is, if you think that Marco Rubio would be the same as Hillary Clinton on this or any other major issue, you're delusional. And here's, and by the way, if, if let's pretend, which it's not the truth, that he would be the same on immigration. He would not be the same on immigration, if only because of the fact that he's a Republican and he would have Republican majorities that he would have to keep intact. But let's pretend. Maybe. But hold on a second. Let's just pretend. Let's just pretend that he would be just as bad as Hillary on immigration, which he would not be. But let's pretend. I can't believe that conservatives are willing to say, to throw away. Uh, the replacement of at least three conservative or semi-conservative Supreme Court justices, Scalia, Thomas, and Kennedy, who are all going to retire during the next president's tenure. You're going to throw away the the choosing of their successors because of an issue that is already lost? Immigration? It's lost. We lost that issue, Leah. It's over. It was over when we didn't fight Prop 187, having won here in California. You, you know that as well or oh, better than I ridiculous. do. That was ridiculous. Okay, it's over. It is over. We lost, okay? So, Look, so I'm not talking about—I'm now worried about Muslims. All right, but, but we're going to— And just, it's a brand new. Uh, now they're just bringing them on over. I realize, I realize nothing I'm going to say is going to change your mind, but I at least want to make the, the full point here that, and, because there's a lot of people in this boat that think— Oh, well, if it's not Trump or Cruz, it might as well be Hillary. Baloney. Because Hillary would get to choose the successor for Antonin Scalia, Clarence Thomas, and Anthony Kennedy. And if she does that, it is over. Well, is I mean, you know, over. That's, that's, that's a good point. Over. I mean, I mean, I'm talking it is completely done. We, we, we are over as a country once they do that. We're probably done as the moment that Scalia retires and gets replaced by Hillary. Because then it's 5-4 on everything in the yeah. other direction. So I mean, it is amazing to me that so many people seem to think, oh, we can do whatever we want. And if Hillary wins, well, it, you know, it was just going to be the same version of the same uh, same flavor or the same ice cream, whatever. The, the Rubio and, and Hillary are no different. Baloney. And, 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 and the reality is... Donald Trump is not going to beat Hillary, barring some sort of catastrophic event. And I don't want to put the what's left of the future of this country hoping for a catastrophic event to be timed just perfectly so that Donald Trump, a non-conservative, can somehow get lucky with a sucker punch and take out Hillary Clinton. I, I, I just it, It's just amazing to me how many so-called conservatives are seemingly willing to do that. Now, I'm still not convinced that Trump's going to be the nominee because I think that there is an increasing chance. It's a chance that he gets derailed in Iowa, which we've been saying for months now, is the only way to stop him. If he gets strong second place, you know, 22 percent or higher in Iowa, 
then he's there to the convention and he might end up winning the nomination. But if he's less than that, which is possible because no one knows what the hell's going to happen in Iowa because their caucuses, his people have never gone to caucuses before. They're going to have to admit that they're Trump voters in front of their friends, their family, their neighbors, and all that. I, I am very skeptical about how Trump's going to do in Iowa. Of course, it could go the other direction. All he has to do is get 40,000 people in the entire state to show up to caucus for him, and he wins. Because that's, yeah. I mean, that's all it is. It's 40,000 people. You win. Uh, it's an incredibly small number of people. I mean, he almost had that in Mobile here. Yeah, so I mean, I, <laughs> so I, I can see it going in either direction for Trump in <laughs> Iowa, but that's, that's the last chance to beat him, you know, to, to finish him, not to beat him, but to finish him off and make him impotent is to, to you know, reveal him as a fraud in Iowa, um, which I think is probably a one in four chance. Uh, and I, I'm, I'm hoping that that happens because that way we can get back to normalcy here. If it doesn't happen, I'm just going to be it's on the Trump. It's not tr- happening. Well, you're probably right. And if it doesn't happen, I'm just going to be on the Trump bandwagon. Let's say let's do it. Let's have the biggest party we've ever had for the next 11 months. And then when Hillary's president, you don't get to bitch about it But because I told you. Because I told you so. All right, when we but com- you know what? If that really is true, then why is Hillary Clinton so concerned about him? I'm not sure, Zig. I'm just not sure. Oh, God. I'm not. When we come back, we'll talk about Hillary because (laughs) something actually happened that made me think kind of, sort of, what Leah's saying is true, but not about Trump. We'll explain when we come back on the John and Leah show on the Free Speech Broadcasting Network. This is the John and Leah show. My name is John Ziegler. My co-host is Leah Brandon. And we're finishing up our weekly look at the race for the White House 2016. And Leah, this week, even though it was a holiday week, we introduced two new words into the history of uh, presidential politics. Uh, Donald Trump introduced schlonged. (laughs) And then Hillary Clinton uh, (laughs) introduced a word that I had never heard before because it's a Spanish word, abuela. Mm -hmm. Um, where it backfired on her because she was trying to um, basically appeal to Hispanics uh, because she's going to be a grandmom again uh, coming up conveniently just in front of the election this summer. And Mm -hmm. uh, that's the Spanish word for grandma. Tell us what happened there. Right. Uh, The Hillary Clinton campaign has been marred by a few false steps Uh, Perhaps if a leading Republican candidate's daughter just happened to get pregnant right on time for the election, the outcry would be deafening from the mainstream media. Not so as Chelsea Clinton just so happens to have gotten pregnant. Hillary not wasting a moment pouncing on the chance to do some Hispanic pandering or Hispandering is what it's called. Uh, her pa- her campaign put together a list called Seven Things Hillary Clinton Has in Common with Your Abuela. That is Spanish for grandmother. The list includes she reads to you at bedtime. She knows what's best. And the list also includes two things that she slams Donald Trump for. Now, the Internet picked up where the mainstream media refuses to go with a Twitter backlash Hashtag not my abuela. 
Her critics pointed out that Hillary didn't grow up poor or in a family of 14 or work in the coffee fields since age 11. And her campaign kind of tried to shift away to some other topics like student debt. But at least on Twitter, uh, the backlash was huge. It was huge, as Donald (laughs) might say. Um, And I checked it out, actually, because I was suspicious of this. I thought... How is I thought it was I think it was the number one trending item for quite a while, right. and and I thought well wait a minute this might be just a bunch of conservatives who are pretending to you know be outraged about this and that this is mm. not and I agree with you I I looked at it pretty carefully and it seemed to be fairly legit I mean there seemed to be Hispanic names uh, and you, you know it's not like you could create Twitter. Uh, profiles fast enough to to have this work uh it would be an incredible conspiracy to do this so it appeared to be semi-legit or at least semi-legitimate if not completely legitimate and organic that hispanics were upset about this that hillary was hispandering as you said Mm -hmm. uh which i thought was interesting and and a good sign i also you know you mentioned the mainstream news media well they certainly didn't obsess about it and it's a holiday week so most people didn't even know about it the New York Times did do a story on the backlash. They did. They on, did. On the backlash. And then for the New York Times to do a story on the backlash was pretty extraordinary. Now, here's what I think is really going on here with the, this Abuela thing. Um, it is very, very clear that the Hillary campaign, I've made it very obvious, is most afraid of Marco Rubio. Now, I know a lot of conservatives go, it's a trap! It's a trap! <laughs> They're telling us who they really want to face, which is not the case. But, you know, the reality is they are afraid of Marco Rubio. They're afraid and, of Donald Trump, too. No, she, she mentions him twice right. in the seven things. Okay, Come on. Because <laughs> she knows it's good fodder and it'll get publicity. Uh, they don't. They would love to face Trump, and I'll explain why in a second. But here's why they don't want to face Rubio. And why it's relevant here. And this is the dirty little secret that no one wants to talk about, okay? But here, here's – I'm going to tell you something that no one else will have the balls to say on, on, a, on public airways. The reality is this, that Hispanics, especially Hispanic males, are not going to vote for a woman when the alternative is a guy with a Hispanic name who's young and cool. Not going to happen. Rubio would do exceedingly well among Hispanic males because they are sexist. They will not vote for a female president if the option is Marco Rubio. And that's why she is already Hispandering, because they know it. They've done focus groups on this, and they know it. And so that's why they're scared. They're not scared of Donald Trump because just this week there was a poll out that was fascinating. I think it was by my old employer, Quinnipiac University, from 15 years ago. They, they found that 50% of American voters would be, quote, embarrassed to have Donald Trump as their president of the United States. Well, you, you, 35% would be the same over Hillary Clinton. Big deal. That's a 15-point <laughs> margin, Leah. That's 15 points. All right. I mean, that's 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 a crushing landslide. Uh, mm. uh, oh. All right. Anyway, Ugh. anyway, we'll get to the year in review. I'm sure we'll talk Trump again at some point when we come back on the John and Leah show on the Free Speech Broadcasting Network.
Welcome back. This is the John and Leah Show. My name is John Ziegler. My co-host is Leah Brandon. And 2015 was our very first full year on the air. We began this program in uh, very late October of 2014, but this is our first full year on the air. And we're now on 20 different radio stations throughout the country. You can check out all of them at our website, www.freespeechbroadcasting.com. And since this is our last program of 2015, I want to spend most of the rest of the show reviewing this rather crazy year. Mm-hmm. And uh, what we're going to do here is I'm going to provide some thoughts, and I'm sure Leah will respond to them about the year in general. Then we're going to each give our list of the uh, top 10 craziest stories of 2015 and then maybe some personal reflections and a look ahead uh, to uh, 2016 as as we uh, go through the next hour and a half of the program. Uh, Leah, I like to say, and I've been using this phrase ever since we were together on KFI uh, Radio in Los Angeles, that we have been leaving the pull of the rational earth as a, oh, yeah. as, oh, a as a country, right? I say that often. We're, we're, Completely. We're leaving the gravitational pull of the rational Earth. Now, when I say that, I'm fully aware that we were never living in a society where truth always won out and right always beat wrong and things always made sense. Logic, you know, always carried the day. That, that That's never been the case, right? So I'm not delusional. I'm not looking at things with rose-colored glasses, oh, the past was so fantastic, that kind of deal. However, for the last, <laughs> since I started making, you know, saying that on KFI the, probably about 10 years ago or more, um, I, I've noticed that each year we've gotten further and further away from the gravitational pull of the rational earth. Yeah. And I will, I'll, I think I will always remember, may, who knows what the next few years will bring, but at least as of right now, I will always think of 2015 as the year that we officially left any any pull from that gravitational force of the rational Earth. We are now in orbit, completely adrift. The, 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 the gravitational pull of the rational Earth has no impact on public events anymore. Truth, right. It, everything has been flipped upside down. Truth means nothing and to your point about being upside down, bad is more likely to succeed than good. Yes. If, if good wins, it's by accident. Wrong is right. Right is wrong. Up is evil down. Evil is called good, and good is called evil. Yeah, no. I, amen. Amen, sister. I, I, I mean, I couldn't agree with you more, and I've seen this both in in stories that I've directly been involved with uh, very intimately and in just in my observations uh, from afar that we comment uh, about here on the program. And and to me, that's how I'll always remember 2015, where, yeah. where, where truth really has no impact anymore. Zero. Forget about winning the day. If it's not a convenient truth where the people in power can make money from it or get ratings from it, then it has no chance and and in and in fact uh, a a far more convenient lie will win every single day uh in in this day and age and it's oh, a, yeah. there's a lot of reasons for this I, I blame the media for most of it and it's not just the fact 
that, you know, the media is a bunch of morons and they're a bunch of leftists. A lot of it has to do with the structure of the news media and how broken it is from top to bottom. Every single corrupt is the word. Yeah, I don't know if I use, I mean, you, you can use that word. I'm fine with that. To me, it's more broken than corrupt. Um, now, maybe it's corrupt. Maybe you think of it as corrupt because I'm already acknowledging that truth has nothing to do with the business of the media as it is. Uh, right. so that might surprise some people because I think there are still some people out there naive enough to think that that that's what the media outlet is supposed to do is give you the truth. Oh, uh, Brian Williams should have blown that up, but... Yeah, right. Well... <laughs> I mean, frankly, I, the irony of the whole Brian Williams thing is, as bad as he is, and I've ripped him many times, and he's in my movie Media Malpractice in numerous different scenes, uh, you know, he's actually better than most. I mean, that's yeah. what's so pathetic about it. That's I mean, sick. It's at least he's competent. Um, I mean, he's at least good on the air. But anyway, I digress. So, I mean, let me just give you a couple examples, by the way, of what I mean by this. And these are going to seem like kind of weird examples. But what, what, I, what I'm getting at is this notion of what happens in public has, and, and what the truth is has no bearing on events. For instance, and, and I've never heard anybody else say this, but did you happen to see the HBO documentary on Scientology that came out this year? I stopped watching HBO uh, oh, for my right. sanity. Oh, that's right. I forgot. You're anti-HBO. <laughs> I forgot about that. All right. Well, the HBO did a amazing documentary on Scientology, all right? Blew it to pieces. I mean, could not have been more comprehensive, more credible, more devastating in every possible way, and more devastating specifically to Tom Cruise. I yes. mean, I mean, because completely destroyed him. HBO, not, not you know, <laughs> some network no one's ever heard of. They replay this thing a thousand times over the year, right? Mm -hmm. Tom Cruise comes out with a Mission Impossible movie. Not one shred of impact on his box office numbers or his ability to carry a major motion picture. It's unbelievable. Yes. It's, it's, it's unreal. It's as if it never happened. As if it never happened. Similarly, Black Lives Matter <laughs> is still a semi-legitimate, in the minds of the mainstream news media, totally legitimate organization. A year now... Less than a year now, after we are positive that the whole hands up, don't shoot thing on which, which spawned that movement was total bullcrap. Total bullcrap. <laughs> hands up, don't. They built their entire movement on hands up, don't shoot. It's total bullcrap, but it has no impact on Black Lives Matters. When it, it's been investigated by the Department of Justice under President Obama, yeah. and they find no racial evidence. Yeah, I mean... You got nothing! Yeah, and, and and specifically with regard to what happened in Ferguson, there was no hands up, don't shoot. And that's now... That's right. That's accept... I mean, that, it's as difficult as that was to get accepted, even by most of the mainstream news media, it still had no impact nope. on, on, on the rest of the movement. No, uh, because you know it still happens. Yeah, yeah, right. Of course it does. Um, and and similarly, this was an, a year that if if you were open-minded, and you weren't part of the cult, you would have realized that it was basically proven that global warming is it, it either a fraud or grossly exaggerated. I mean, this is a, a horrendous year on from the fact standpoint for the global warming alarmists. 
I mean, it has buried everywhere them. But yeah, I mean, they didn't get any any mainstream pu- uh, publicity or coverage. But there were numerous, numerous new studies and facts that completely contradicted what the mm-hmm. global warming people wanted to tell you. And yet, yet, at nothing. the end of the, not only at the end of the, nothing as far as the coverage, but by the end of the year, we have this bogus worldwide. Climate change, global warming agreement made by 200 countries. I mean, costing they, us hundreds of millions right, of dollars has absolutely no impact. The truth has no impact. Oh, by the way, this whole thing that you're allegedly worried about is bullcrap, and it didn't have any impact because once they get a fairy tale, once they get a fairy tale that they like, that they can make money off of. That, yeah, that it, it, it fits their agenda. Forget it. We are impervious to facts. We are impervious to logic. It makes no difference. And then, you know, in my own life, and and people who don't know the the facts of this are going to think this is crazy, but 2015 will will be the year that I will always look at as, from my own perspective, having been studying the Penn State quote-unquote scandal for almost four years now, this was the year I proved the whole thing. And I mean the whole thing was a fraud and hardly anybody cared. And it's because... That is the ultimate fairy tale that nobody has any incentive to take another look Mm-mm. at because it, it is against everybody's self-interest. Everybody right. got what they wanted out of it, and it's only dangerous for people to go back now and go, wait a minute, you mean we not just screwed this up a little bit? We got the whole thing wrong? Right. No, but I, I will, you know, you, you put me in front of my maker right now. I am a thousand percent sure I'm right about it. And I'm a thousand percent sure that any open-minded person, I've proven it uh, against insurmountable odds. It's the greatest thing I've ever done, and it got gets nowhere so far, and probably will never get anywhere because it's up against this brick wall of the fact that if it's not a truth that people want to hear, it goes nowhere. If it doesn't, right? Because because who wins? Nobody wins. The truth. If it's all no, nobody wins. No one cares about the truth. That no, the truth has no bearing on events anymore. That's the yeah, reality. Yeah, but you know a bunch of kids who get millions, that's a big story. Well, I mean, it, I mean, it, it has changed my life um, for the negative almost entirely uh, yeah. going through that ordeal. Um, and it is, it is, you know, it's really pretty appropriate considering the, my bizarre career that's taken so many twists and turns over the last 25 years or so uh, that my greatest work ever uh, probably ends my career in many ways, which is just that, which goes back to the beginning of the segment. Up is down, down is up. Everything's opposite of the way it should be. I mean, it should be a career maker. Not that that's why I'm doing it, but it should be a career maker. Instead, it's a career ender because we're living in this age where if it's not what we want to hear, forget about it. And if it doesn't, right. if it doesn't fit the agenda of the right media outlets, forget about it. Um, doesn't make it not true, by the way. And how many people believe it doesn't make it true or untrue. That's the, that's just the reality of it. Um, by the way, if you're curious about what I'm referring to, you can go to my website, www.framingpaterno. That's framingpaterno.com. All right, when we come back, so that's my big picture of the year of 2015. When we come back, we're going to get into uh, the lists that Lee and I created for our top 10 craziest stories of the year. We'll do that when we return on the John and Leah Show on the Free Speech Broadcasting Network.
Welcome back. This is the John. <clears throat> wow. This is the John and Leah show. Still, Hello. Still under the weather, but struggling through. Uh, my name is John Sickler. The person you just heard there is Leah Brandon, my co-host. Our website is www.freespeechbroadcasting.com, where you can check out each and every one of the 20 radio stations that carry this program on a weekly basis. We go to 22 next week as we start 2016. This is our last show of 2015. And in honor of that, we're going to spend most of the rest of the show reviewing 2015. I thought an interesting way to do this might be to have both Leah and myself create a top 10 list for what I call the craziest stories of this wild, wacky year of 2015. Now, uh, interestingly, we took a very different tact when it came to creating this list. And in fact, there's only a couple of items that are on both of our lists, which I think is good. Um, so when I thought of craziest stories and what you thought of craziest stories, I think we defined slightly differently. Uh, why don't you tell us, by the way, so we have context, how did you define craziest stories of 2015? Well, I took out the word crazy and put in biggest. To me, so in other words, you didn't do the homework assignment. That's so, right. So in other words, you, so in other words, I asked you to do something, and you just decided to do something completely different, which is why our lists are totally different from each other. That's exactly okay, right. Okay, I just want to make sure we're on the same page here. I'm a horrible employee. <laughs> No, you're a very good employee. You just like to do it your own way sometimes. All right. So with that said, I'm glad. No, this actually works out well, though. So we're yeah. So we're basically doing two totally different lists. We are. We are. However, my number ten does come in under the craziest heading. All right. So what is your number ten story uh, of the year? Okay. So my number ten was that stupid, idiotic, the dress story. Everyone remembers uh, there was a dress that someone put up. I, I can't remember if it was Instagram or it was one of those uh, social media sites. And they said, um, I think this dress is blue and black, but my friend thinks it's white and gold. What do you think? And it took off unlike anything I have seen uh, in the whole year. And, you know, this just says how really how stupid we are and basically what kind of dumbness we have to go to in order to get the whole country involved. All right. Now, I agree with you. First of all, I agree with you that the, that the dress story was the viral story of the year. I mean, it was unbelievable uh, so how much publicity it got, how many people engaged on it. Now, I'm going to disagree. Maybe I'm not. Maybe I'm disagreeing. I'm not sure whether there's a value judgment here or not. I didn't have a problem with that. It didn't bother me as much as it bothered you. And here's why. Oh yeah. Here's why. I thought it was harmless. See, to me, it's okay to have a cotton candy story like that from one every once in a while. Now, where I will agree with you is. The cotton candy has now become the main course. Correct. Uh, That's uh, all people can relate to. No, no, you're right. I mean, if, <laughs> if if we lived in a rational world where people ate their meat and potatoes and occasionally right. had the crazy dress story, because it was kind of interesting as to why it was that people were seeing different colors in the dress, I could deal with it. But I agree with you. Here's where I'll absolutely agree with you. There were... 
10,000 really important stories that didn't get one one-thousandth of the play as the dress. Thank and you. That's where I will agree with you 100%. All right. Yes. All right, number nine on your list. What's that? Okay, number nine was uh, the landmark ruling this year by SCOTUS, uh, where SCOTUS passed same-sex marriage and made it the law of the land. Now, the interesting slash uh, backlash of this ruling was that all of a sudden, especially on social media, well, I mean all over the place, if you were for traditional marriage, you were all of a sudden a A bigot bigot and a homophobe. Right. (laughs) And, in fact, this ruling launched, like, these Twitter-fed attacks on businesses that because of religious reasons, they didn't want to be involved in a gay marriage, like to bake a cake or have a gay wedding on the property. And these people were demonized horrifically all over social media, sued in some cases, and lost their businesses in others. I thought it just made a really nasty, mean turn when it didn't need to do that that's a great analysis um uh, leah and i will a hundred percent agree with you that the most absurd element of that whole deal is that people who had the exact same position as barack obama did when he got elected president of the united states were suddenly deemed to be anti-gay bigots Correct. Now, I mean, that's just flat out, you know. It's just flat out ridiculous. I mean, it's, it's absurd. It is absurd. But that's that's the fantasy land that liberals live in. They can just pretend that the past never happened. If, right. it, if it's inconvenient, we just take a big eraser. It never really happened. Our, our godlike president had this same view when he got elected. And, yep. oh, and oh, by the way. Oh, by the way, our current frontrunner for president had a position even further to the right than he did on on same-sex marriage, Hillary Clinton. That's in, right. In 2008. Doma. Hello. Um, it, it's, it's unbelievable. <laughs> All right. Uh, that's a good one. Number eight. What can be number eight on your list? Oh, Cecil the Lion. Now, <laughs> now, now, you thought Cecil the Lion. For, that was a huge story. For, for like. Two days, okay. Um, yeah, but but this is another one that everyone was involved in, one way or another. Either you know you just hated uh, this dentist, or you were a hunter and you were defending it and saying all the benefits of spending fifty thousand dollars in Zimbabwe. I, I just thought I took a different tact. I was in the middle. I thought the story was bullcrap. I think that most of that what we were told about that story was utter. Bullcrap, and the proof of it was we were sold a bill of goods that Cecil's brother was killed. Like the next day, that turned out. Yeah, to be but total they bull they crap. changed it around. They they Leah, uh, they debunked that immediately. Le- so Le- Leah, Leah, the, it, it was, was debunked. It was the same source of the original stories. The, it's Zimbabwe. You can't get any facts out of. You can't get facts out of New York City anymore. How are you going to get well, facts out of Zimbabwe? Okay, it's, excuse me. The dentist himself now, did a video guess, saying, I and, thought it was legal. Right. Well, guess what? They never charged him with anything. Despite, well, why would they? Because they, they had, have to because, keep American hunters coming no, over there had, blowing 50 grand. They had enormous <laughs> worldwide. 
applied political pressure. Leah, they had enormous. See, this is why this is one of the big stories of the year. So let's move on. No, no, we're we don't have enough time because we're up against the break. But but we'll get to your rest of your list when we come back. But the reality of Cease of the Lion is there was no crime despite enormous. There was a crime. No. They was not charged despite enormous worldwide They are never going to pee on their money coming uh, over there. Leah, They're not going to ra- do it. You're rationalizing because you don't want to admit no. you got duped by a I was not crap. duped. You were duped Absolutely by a bullcrap story. It was nope. mo- the details of that story were bullcrap. Hour number nope. three. Hour number three coming up next on the John and Leah Show.